Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Futers, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest. Welcome to the podcast today, and uh, my guest today is Shmuel Salway, and uh, Shmuel is the director of Lech Laha. We're going to tell you a little bit more about what that's all about in a few minutes, but uh, Shmuel, welcome. Shalom. Shalom. Welcome. It's great to be on. And uh, Shmuel, when I first um, sort of came across you, you were just sort of transitioning out of being a, a, a assistant pastor in Tel Aviv and um, mm-hmm. uh, looking for a new area of ministry. Tell us a little bit, first of all, about uh, about your story, um, how you came to know Yeshua, what's your background, and um, maybe we'll go from there. Oh, great. So um, my parents are actually Indian Jews, and that's where the color is from. And actually Indian Jews who immigrated to Israel. My mother grew up here in Israel uh, from the age of 10 with her family, her family were kind of traditional, almost religious Jews. And my mother is the one who heard about the gospel through uh, a local congregation that had a women's meeting. They would come together and do uh, macrame, uh, artwork, mm. things like that. And that's uh, where my mom heard about the gospel. She accepted Yeshua. Her family was actually very opposed to it. They're traditional religious Jews. They said, you have to make a choice. It's either us, the family, or... Yeshua or Jesus. So she actually made a decision, and I believe it's the right decision to follow Yeshua. Her family actually disowned her. Uh, so I was born, I was blessed to be able to, born, to be born into a believing family. Uh, I never got to meet most of my uncles and aunts, grandfather or grandma, because they even didn't want to meet with us. Uh, I think it comes from a not really understanding our faith as far as they're concerned. It's a different religion. It's a cult. It's something that's different mm-hmm. to the Jewish faith. The, I think what they don't understand is that the God we worship is the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Messiah that came is the Messiah that came for the Jews first and also to the Gentiles. So it comes from misunderstanding. Actually, unfortunately, um, first time I met my grandma was at my grandfather's funeral. My grandfather passed away, my mom's father. And my mom wanted to go to the funeral. I said, I'll go with you and support you. And I actually saw my grandma and my aunts walk past me and uh, they'd even say hello. They'd nod. Um, it was very painful wow. for me, but I can't imagine how painful it is for my mother. I've never met them, but my mother actually grew up with them. That's her own uh, parents and uh, brothers and sisters. And uh, But I believe there is a price to pray to follow Yeshua. And I think uh, that my mom made the right decision. So for me growing up, um, I grew up, I wasn't really that... Um, I wanted to be like everybody else I was surrounded with. They were Jewish. They Most of them even didn't believe in God, uh, not even mention of Jesus. But uh, So I kind of tried to hide it and not mention the fact that, but deep inside I knew there was something there. And why would my mother make a decision to follow Yeshua, Jesus, and leave her own family? Family is one of the important things in Israel. All the holidays, all the weekends, Shabbat we do together and not being mm-hmm. able to do that with her family. Why would she do that for an idea or a thought or a philosophy? But uh, when I became a teenager, I actually um, really understood that that's what 
uh, Yeshua is really the, my savior, that God exists, he loves me. And I made a decision in one of the youth camps. Uh, I went to, to follow Yeshua, to follow Jesus. And since then, I've been walking with the Lord um, on military service. I served as a combat medic, served up in Lebanon, and uh, started serving with youth uh, when, I, when I was towards the end of the army, um, helping out in youth camps. And really understood that I have a, a calling to youth and young adults. Um, actually worked for Elal, Israeli Airlines, and the Israeli government. Worked for the consulate in New York. But always understood that I had calling to serve. And God called me into full-time service in Tel Aviv in the congregation. I was the youth pastor. I uh, served there for uh, almost 13 years. I was a youth pastor. I was an elder. And then eventually the associate pastor. Uh, but a few years ago, I moved out of the city of Tel Aviv where I grew up. And we moved to a Messianic village outside Jerusalem. And I really prayed about it and understood that uh, I had to leave the congregation in the city that uh, the congregation was in the city and to really see where God wanted me uh, to be. And that's when I was approached by Lech Lecha. It's a discipleship ministry. Uh, they actually, people who, they, uh, the people who started Lech Lecha, uh, the founders actually been doing that for 19 years. And they're really at the verge where they wanted to pass it on and we actually take some time off, either sabbatical or uh, pursue other things. Uh, and whether it's biblical research or, or other ministries that God put on their hearts with Jews and Arabs. And so I was able to come and serve alongside for them for the last three years. And this year I'm actually uh, leading the ministry. Um, Yohanan just recently went on sabbatical and he's going to come back just on an advisory board uh, with the pastors. So. Great. Uh, Johanan, of course, was the founder. He and Alone uh, Grimberg. And uh, yes. actually just talked to Alone. Alone says hi, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he said he was just with you before we were together. So, uh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's fantastic. What a story. And um, I didn't know that about your testimony. I didn't know that... Uh, Oh, your mom had been disowned by her family. Uh, what a what a powerful thing to have to make that kind of decision, and uh, for you to grow up in a family like that. That's uh, gives me a new appreciation for uh, for for you and uh, your serving in this uh, in the ministry, uh, following Yeshua in this way. It's a, a great great testimony. Now you uh, were a pastor for a number of years. Now you're you're leading this ministry. Um, mm -hmm. Our listeners probably don't know much about Lech Lecha. So tell us a little bit about the, the purpose behind it. Why was it started? And and why is it so needed in uh, in Israel? Uh, yes, in Israel, it's uh, when you're 18, it's compulsory to go to the army. Um, even boys go for three years and girls go for two, uh, more or less. And um, it's actually a hard time because even if you grow up in believing families, even if you're pastor's kids, you're surrounded in with people who are not believers. Uh, it's very hard even to go to congregations on the weekends. You don't have fellowship. There, there's no meetings uh, that you can join. There's very few. And so uh, even surrounded by people who don't have the same ethics and the morals, it's girls and boys together. Uh, and the whole, the whole structure is not uh, building to your faith. And so even, the, even if you're a committed believer, when you go into the army for two or three years, uh, your faith may dwindle. And that's what we found the case in many uh, instances. People go in a strong foundation, but when they hit the army, everything's uh, shaken. 
And so we really prayed about starting something in ministry. And that's the founders, Johan Nalon, prayed about start, starting something like a discipleship program for young people after the army. And so over the years, there's also Jews and Arabs who joined the program. And that's why the program is from 19 year old, even for those who don't join the military. Uh, but it's an age group of people who, who really want to take three, to- three months. We have two programs a year of three months. It's a living situation. They live here. They eat together. Um, they stay here on the premises and sleep. Uh, boys in the boys' room, girls in the girls' room. And um, they're really a lot of teaching. We have, we're blessed that we have pastors. Alone, you just mentioned, came here and taught a class. It was about how to get direction from God. Uh, we have classes about prayer, about their calling, and even uh, go through the Bible. And they have a basis of the different books of the Bible, uh, Yeshua in the Bible, and so it's a very uh, um, intense program. It's three months with a lot of uh, study, almost four hours every day of teaching from different pastors and teachers around the country and a lot of extra other. We learn about uh, evangelism, about serving, uh, about the congregations, so many, many topics. And we get to really be exposed. And I think uh, just being together, fellowship together, getting up and the schedule is very intense, too. They get up at Around 6, 6.30, they have a devotional every morning from the Psalms. They have one hour of quiet time uh, from 7 to 8, breakfast, and then classes for four hours. Then there's uh, classes in the evenings. There's uh, mentoring also through the program. So they have a mentor, each one. We have 19 students this year. So each one has their own mentor who sits with them, prays with them, asks them how they're going. And so it's an intense program, but we, we see... God working in the lives of these people, even though they went through an intense time or a time where it was difficult for them uh, physically or um, or in any way they have some sort of healing here in the program, even time to just focus on their future. Most of these people, after they finish the army, they want to see um, what are they going to do as far as work, as far as ministry, as far as uh, finding spouses. And so I think it's a good time for them to just focus on God, focus on the word of God. They fall in love uh, anew with the word of God. They learn how to research Mm. the Bible and find out uh, what God is really talking about in in the Bible. Uh, They fall in love with worship, with uh, understand what is community living. And I think it's uh, over the the years that I've been here, it's just amazing to see testimonies and the changes in the lives of the young people uh, only through these three months. I wish we could do it for three years, but we have three months. And, and it's really intense, but uh, the testimonies you hear about them totally being changed and dedicating, dedicating their life anew to the Lord and praying about where to serve him in the land of Israel and the world. It's mm-hmm. great. I um, think the only way that young people probably here in North America could, could relate to this, uh, you know, because they don't have to go off and serve in the army uh, would be the transition from sort of high school to university. Our, our young people go immediately into that kind of environment, which um, is, is a place where, you know, they mm-hmm. often do lose faith at university, but mm-hmm. the pressures are not the same. I mean, they're, um, mm-hmm. some, of, some of the things line up, you know, the environment, uh, mm-hmm. boys and girls together, the, the, the mm-hmm. lack of okay. uh, lack of oversight, that kind of thing. But they're not, uh, you know, they're not in combat. They're not, they're not mm-hmm. training. Yeah. They're not being shot at. They're not, uh, uh, you know, having to defend. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that I think is, 
where the intensity level gets jacked up uh, for Israeli young people. And I think it's uh, incredible that you do this program with them. I just really want to say that, uh, yes, you are right. Uh, on top of all these things that in Israeli army, it's, it's sometimes like a warlike situation. They, they're watching the borders. It's really intense. Some of them come out with some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder. And mm. we even advise them to get other, other more help with even the, uh, we have believing psychiatrists or people who want to sit with them. So, so it is uh, very unique in that, that the situation is very stressful as, as far as, you know, uh, we have the same things, but even on top of it, we have the situation here in Israel. Uh, we're surrounded by enemies on all sides and uh, missiles being shot. Some, even the intensity of guard duties and, and patrols is really intense physically, mentally, and emotionally. So, uh, yes, I think it's really uh, unique to be able to have a program like that in Israel and just hear their hearts out, pray with them. And if there's a need, we advise them to help get more help with the local congregations and local ministries and specialists in the area. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not the same as the party scene in university. Mm -hmm. Uh, there, you know, the, the party scene is one thing, but, uh, Mm -hmm. having to be out and on patrol and, and watching missiles fly through the Mm -hmm. sky. Uh, I've been there, I've seen them and it's, uh, it's an unnerving thing, even if you're a civilian, just, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, driving along the highway. So, um, that's, that's good clarification. Now in, Israel, I know it's uh, it's kind of a common thing for uh, Israeli young people once army is finished to sort of immediately go and uh, travel somewhere in the world and mm-hmm. kind of sow their wild oats and and mm-hmm. uh, you know do all that sort of thing. How does your program sort of go against the grain of that a little bit and and help young people to stabilize in life after the army? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's so intense in the army, when they finish, they say, hey, let's go, whether it's to India or just hiking and go to New Zealand. And uh, and when you don't have a strong foundation, you actually end up with people who are smoking drugs and and, uh, and just doing crazy party stuff. And I think if you're, you take the time exactly after the army to really focus on God, uh, when you do travel, if you do want to travel afterwards, you have a stronger foundation. Sometimes you meet other people who want to travel to the same countries who are believers, who believe in Jesus, and they travel together, and they just, they're accountable to each other, and keep, uh, there's also, we do a lot of hikes in Israel, and so people fall in love with hiking in Israel, and recently some of our alumni just went together on the Israel Trail. We have a trail from the north in the Hermon all the way down to a lot in the south, and mm-hmm. people just decided, let's get together as Believers and hike the trail together, have devotionals, read the Bible. And so that urge of hiking and getting out or taking time, you can do that in Israel too. And we, we try to incorporate the love of the land here as we hike. Just last week, we climbed up Mount Hermon, which is the highest mountain here in Israel. Just had mm-hmm. a quiet time on the top of the mountain. So not only are they stronger and grounded, uh, they make friendships with other people who, are, who have the same uh, faith and want to travel together. And apart from that, we really have a heart for uh, missions and going out to the nation. So um, almost a- every year until this year, we went out uh, to, we have a, a, a orphanage in Uganda that we support and we take short, uh, small groups over there. So mm-hmm. they have, if they want to travel, they have an option of joining us. Uh, two years ago, we went to 
a different country in Africa, Zimbabwe with a group, and uh, or through the years we've gone to Uganda, and there's other opportunities for mission trips. So maybe uh, we pray after this COVID-19 situation, we'll be able to take a small team and suggest to the people who wanted to, to join us and able to get that traveling bug out of the system, travel with us, but for a purpose, in order to share the gospel and help in practical ways. Mm. Now you you brought you brought it up, so we'll talk about COVID as well. But okay. um, you know, none of us none of us are traveling uh, right now. Uh, how how has this how has this pandemic uh, affected the program? How has it changed what what you're doing, and how have you uh, have you been able to navigate that? Okay. Um, so yes, it has affected. We had the last program. We had to stop the program uh, towards the end, and we had to send the people home. Uh, because the restrictions were not allowing us to meet together. Uh, so we did have a, a weekend uh, to fill in some of the things they've missed, the last program. This program, um, we are able to just start it exactly after um, um, there was a, not a quarantine, a lockdown. A lockdown, sorry. There was a lockdown. And just after the lockdown was over, we were able to start this program. So it was a blessing to be able to start the program. We do have restrictions. We're allowed to have uh, only 20 uh, people in the room uh, when in a, in a classroom. So we have 19 members. Uh, we had a few more uh, people interested, but we decided to just kind of close the program for 19 people. So with a teacher, that's 20. Uh, so for people coming outside, they can only be with other 19 uh, people. But we do live together in the boarding format, boarding school format, so we can meet and cook together. But when we go out, uh, we're, we're unable to meet congregations. Usually we, on the weekends, we meet different congregations, congregations from Elat, Beersheba, all the way up to the north. We haven't been able to do this. Some of the places we were going to visit, um, uh, they're in the red uh, area, which the high amount of people with COVID-19. So for instance, we were going to visit an Arab village. And one of the things we do in the program, we have our members sometimes in the congregation, but we go we make a point of going to an Arab village and meet the local body there and understand that even though some of our, we might not agree on everything, our, our focus is on Yeshua and he is the one who brings us together. So it's always a blessing to meet Arab Christians and fellowship and worship together. This time we weren't able to go to an Arab village because they were, um, there was a high uh, level of COVID. So they said, Hey, mm-hmm. you were not allowed to visit us. So that kind of, there are changes, but we do try to work uh, and with what we have and the restrictions and obey the laws of the land. But it's a blessing. The program's going on. Uh, we're two months into the three-month program. God is working in the lives of the young people. Uh, we have amazing testimonies. Just the fact that they're able to worship together and pray and hear the word of God and, and study the Bible, it's amazing. Oh, that is that is great and uh, uh, great preparation for life beyond uh, army and and sort of moving into adulthood. I think that uh, uh, I'm sure I'm sure the congregations in the land are happy that you're doing a program like this, uh, so that their their young people are you know growing and and being discipled and uh, becoming more mature in their faith. And I know that uh, you know as a parent. I would say, uh, you know, as a parent of of young adults, uh, my kids went off to university and and uh, had their struggles with faith, and it would have been amazing, uh, you know, if there was something available for them, sort of 
that's on their level and uh, with their peers where they could be discipled and grow in that, in that way. So um, I think it's great that you guys are doing this now. Our listeners will be sort of learning about this as you and I are talking, but uh, I hope that they'll want to to pray as well that uh, uh, you know that things go well with Leklaha and and as you sort of cast vision into the future, what are the things that that our listeners can be praying about with you? Uh, yes, there. Uh, one of the things is the COVID. I believe you're also affected uh, uh, over there where you are with the COVID. So really. Uh, the program can easily be cut short if the restrictions are uh, tightened. Uh, we're expecting maybe a third wave in Israel. And so uh, that's something you can definitely pray about, that there won't be a third wave. There won't be restrictions. Uh, also pray for the health of the staff and the members. If one of them has COVID, then maybe the others will have to go into quarantine. Uh, it's amazing. It's just a miracle from God that we're able to meet here for the last two months. And we're trying to be safe, but it's a possible cause. We do have teachers from uh, outside coming teach. Uh, so pray for the health, uh, generally in Israel, uh, and for uh, the staff members. It's also winter here. It's getting cold. So people are getting sneezes and colds and uh, uh, temperatures. So we're praying that it won't be COVID. We just have one of the staff uh, test themselves and they actually came out negative. So it's just a cold. And that kind of, uh, so pray for that. Um, finances, God is ama- uh, providing amazingly. So just continue to thank God about that. Even through the COVID, our finances have been stable. Uh, also seeing uh, the local congregation step in, understand there is a need and local donations from ministries are coming in uh, to fill in whatever has not been coming in from abroad. So that's a blessing and a testimony already. Um, there's the, uh, just the need of more of God and the work of God in the young people, because we figure out, we, we set the program out, we have the teachers and we, we do everything around it, but just the God needs to work in the lives of these young people. I believe that's only through prayer that God can work in the lives and just heal what needs to be healed and fix what's needs to be fixed and just, um, just continue to, uh, bless, uh, the land of Israel and what God is doing here uh, in this, in Lech Lecha and all through the land here in Israel. Wonderful. Well, Shmuel, thank you for uh, being with us on the podcast today and for sharing your heart about the ministry of Lech Lecha. And uh, I hope that those who are listening, if you're listening, we'll give you some information uh, as we close out here in a moment about how you can connect with us here in North America and, uh, and support what it is that uh, that Shmuel and his team are doing with uh, with Lachlaha in Israel, and so uh, Shmuel, God bless you. Thanks for being with Thank us you. today. Thank you. God bless you too. Blessing to be on. Thank you for joining us for the podcast today, and I hope you learned a lot from my interview with Shmuel Salway from Leklaha. I would encourage you, if you want to know more about their ministry, you can go to uh, their website, and it's leklaha.com. L e c h L-C-H-A dot com L-E-C-H-L-C-H-A dot com 
and you can uh, check out their website there. We encourage you to do that. If you'd like to support this kind of ministry, this discipleship ministry in the land of Israel for young adults, then uh, you can do that through First Century Foundations. And we would encourage you to go to our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com forward slash donate. And you can make a uh, charitable gift there. We can receipt you for that donation, both in the United States and in Canada. And we encourage you to, uh, to check that out. Been great to have you with us for the podcast today. God bless you. And remember, as Christians, we stand with Israel.